0: Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. From the dead. It's also kind of a tongue twister. Cool. World. Anyway. And
1: I can't remember where it was originally scheduled to be located, but it's now at the Rose Bowl, which I think was a better is a better venue now than it was originally.
0: So. From what I heard, I think it's actually happening at like the golf course outside the Rose Bowl or something like that.
1: Oh, what? Really?
0: Yeah, but but anyway, this is an article I read, so I I, cool. I don't know, but it, it seems like a killer festival.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Oh, hey. Hi. Uh, welcome to our record store. I'm Seth. This is Tara. Feel free to look around and uh, just give us a shout if you need anything. Uh, today's like a special day for us because today we are doing the Album of the Month Club. It's like our book club, but for music instead. Basically, uh, everyone who participates, they pick an album, they share it with everyone in the group, and then we we talk about them all. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. The, the albums we picked this uh, this month are uh, Golden Age by Phaedra. That was my pick. And Two Sunsets by The Pastels and Tennis Coats. And that was Tara's pick. Um, it is my turn to go first. You ready to talk about Golden Age by Phaedra? Yeah. Uh, let, let's Do just it. play a little bit first. This is um, probably my favorite song off here. This is Supernatural by Phaedra from their 2013 album, Golden Age. Try, 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 um, so let's see here. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about how I first came across this. But first, uh, was this your first time hearing this album, Tara?
1: Yes, it was.
0: Um, have you heard any Phaedra before?
1: Never in my life. So, so I don't th- think, so this unless is your- they have some like deep cut on some soundtrack or something like that.
0: <laughs> Not to my knowledge, no. Um, so, so, so First Instincts, this is the first time you're here in this band. Wh- what are your first impressions?
1: I thought, uh, so I, I did, the. F- <laughs> it's kind of crazy because I feel like the first song is like an intro, which sounds very industrial, but then everything else is kind of just like ethereal, super laity kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but there were some that was almost too layered, like there was too much going on that I had to skip the tracks. Ooh. But overall, <laughs> all right. Has almost like a nice of vintage electronic, but not vintage vibe if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I follow you. Um So Phaedra is a band that I was introduced to uh, from my wife, um, Lizzie, who you know. Uh, She uh, got it as a recommendation on her Discover Weekly playlist on Spotify. Oh, nice. And it was one of those things where she was like, man, I love this. Check this out. And uh, not only did I like the one song, then I was like, oh, what else is there? And then I found not only that they have a couple of really, really great albums, but um, what, what, here, here's the lowdown. Basically, Phaedra, it's a duo. It's an electronic duo from Toronto. There's one guy named Daniel Lee, and there's one woman named April Aliermo. Uh, Daniel Lee actually has this other really great band, too, called Hooded Fang. Hooded Fang is amazing also. I really, really enjoy ho- uh, Hooded Fang. It's a bit more rock, a little less electronic, but you can definitely tell that he's from the same band. Like, it's not like a, like, whoa, what's happening? What are you doing? It's like, y- you can tell there's crossover in that Venn yeah. diagram, you know? And I-, I really dig a lot of things about this group. Um, one, I like that basically just so many of the songs are just so catchy and appealing to me. Like, like it's um, a lot of varied ways of delivering the same electronic punch again and again and again. Like, um, for example, here, here's another song I really dig. This is a song called Too Many Lashes. See, like, it's similar to that earlier song I played, Supernatural, but it's just got, like, a little different flavor. Like, the variety is, like... <laughs> it's it's kind of like the variety of flavors in like those like Valentine's Day little hearts packages <laughs> where it's like yeah they're not really that different but they're just different enough to give you like you know a little interest a little a little, yeah. little a, a little change is good and so uh so i came across it, it uh, uh through my wife like i said and her discovery weekly playlist and and that's actually part of what i want to talk about um much like a book club. sometimes you don't actually talk about the book. you talk about things around the book. What I want to talk about is the value of the Spotify discovery system and mm. how valuable that is to people, including people like me who don't even like streaming services, and I, I almost never listen to any of them. I, I, I don't like I don't like streaming music, so I just don't listen to it. But in a roundabout way, so my wife discovered it through her Discover Weekly playlist. She told me about it. So basically Spotify told me about this band even though they didn't really. So you you know what I mean where it's like I yeah. benefited from this because Spotify helped someone else discover this band. Yep. And Yeah. What what are your views basically on streaming in general and do you get re- good recommendations from your Discover Weekly playlist?
1: I, okay, the the question about what is my, my views on streaming, I feel like that's so tricky. Oh, it's
0: a big question, for it's sure. It's so
1: big because obviously it does make life so much more convenient if you can hear the song before you buy it. But, uh, you know, coming from an age where you could not do that and getting a lot of my albums just because the record store employee recommended them or even if it's, just the album cover looked kind of cool. I learned a lot of different music that way, but also somehow everyone else did too. Like we're, you know, like you still find out those same albums everyone was kind of into the same time as you like during that era. Um I'm not sure why that is. That's very, I never even really thought about that. But I do love streaming. I love to hear and discover new music, especially old music that's new to me mm-hmm. and that's why I think I like it the most um, because as a DJ I feel like there's plenty of places where I can always discover like mixes and whatnot where I can discover um, the coolest newest electronic music dance music but sometimes it's hard to know what old music is good or even related to the stuff that you're already interested in And I think Spotify does a really great job of that. And actually, that same thing where what you're talking about, where a friend of mine heard a song in her Discovery Weekly and was like, listen to this song. It's super cool. I'd never heard it before. And but she shared the YouTube link and not the Spotify Mm -hmm. link, which is interesting. And I was like, how did you find this? And she said it was in my Discovery Weekly. And I was like, oh, it's really cool. It's like a just like obscure 80s song I don't know how I would even describe it but yeah I don't know I love when that happens I don't listen to my Spotify Discovery enough to be honest I'm always looking at you know the new releases and then also just going back into what I know and love I'm especially stuck on a 90s kick right now so Mm. I have really haven't listened to Discovery Weekly in a long time but I love it it's great and they do it so well
0: I, I, I agree. And I, I guess that there's a few things to say about that. Like, I agree with you in the regard that I also never check my discovery weekly or Dis- is it called discovery weekly or is it discover weekly?
1: Discover weekly? I, I don't
0: think. know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't use it like ever, ever, ever. Um, I don't check mine either, and here's an analogy which I think kind of explains that. Um, there's a thing that record labels do, which I think is a lot of fun and really valuable. Um, sometimes, if they're having like a um, inventory sale or something, they'll do something where it's like, "Hey, a mystery package," you know. And um, I've I've done this with multiple labels over the years, whether it be K Records or um, Third Man or Polyvinyl or Joyful Noise, where you're just like, "Hey." inventory sale you pay us like 60 bucks and we're just going to fill a box with some awesome stuff send it your way and you know you're going to love it you know and it's like oh cool yeah i'm into that here here you go have, have have some money send me like a mystery box of records and i've done it like four or five times and it, I, I i i perpetually do it despite the fact that i never really get great results from it because a I often get duplicates of things I already own because these are mm-hmm. labels that I already yeah. like. And B, all the things they do send me, I'm aware of them. If I wanted them, I would have bought them, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I I wonder, similarly with like a Discover Weekly playlist, it's rare the the times when I've looked at mine, when I see something I've never heard of, So, I don't go to it. But I think it learns from your listening habits. So, because I never listen to music on Spotify, my Discovery Weekly playlist is actually kind of weak and kind of just kind of anemic because it doesn't know me. It has no idea who I am. So, it can't throw me any curveballs. It's just throwing lowest common denominator stuff at me. It's like, oh, do you like Tame Impala? It's like, of course I do. They're like, oh.
1: I know. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) get this because. I just pulled up my Discover Weekly. It is Discover Oh, it is Discover.
0: Okay, good to know.
1: And because I've been in such a 90s rut, it's Mm. not a rut. I love it. I'm just living my nostalgia right now, and I'm okay with that. Uh Because I will go back to listening to Weird shit again later. But it's, look, The Damned, The Go-Betweens, Granddaddy, Ronnie Spector. Like, I know all these people. Patti Smith, The Stone Roses- I mean, there's nothing new in here. Right. I know all. I know every single band they have listed here, except for this one, Gene. I'll have to listen to that one. But everything else, I already know. David Bowie is even in here. I'm Like, hello. Of course, I know David Bowie. Right. And it's not even like it's it's from the rise and fall of uh, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. Stardust. But like, yeah, Cloud Nothing or not Cloud Nothing. Wild Nothing. But yeah. So it's just like not for me. Useful. Too much of discovery?
0: Yeah. No, no and, <laughs> but and, and if, maybe that's not for us though. Maybe, maybe the Spotify discover weekly playlist is for a very casual music fan and they do uh, need a helping hand, you know, like maybe. they, they, they do need um, someone to tell them about things because they're not spending their time on stereo gum or gorilla versus bear or wherever yeah. else reading about all these things. They, they, they need something else. But but I, I do think then perhaps that analogy is apt, where it's like, nah, I know what I like. I've bought the things I've wanted to buy. And it, if I'm not listening to you, it's not because I haven't heard of you. It's because I probably don't want to listen to you, you know? Yeah, and so I, huh. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say, I feel like I wish it would pull from more of my entire listening habit, like, Right. All, like everything that I've liked out of all the songs I've ever liked on Spotify, mm-hmm. it seems like it's just, here's what you're into now kind of a thing. Yeah. But maybe if they gave me more of the other stuff, I wouldn't be in the rut that I'm in now.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. It does. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I also think partially the algorithms of um, streaming services are partially to blame white people. I personally and perhaps you too have problems with these things because for me in my experience as well it's the kind of thing where it's like um I remember mine they kept giving me um a specific panda bear song uh, I believe it was carrots and I'm just like yeah I get it that's a good song you don't know any other panda bear songs <laughs> so like yeah. it's it's cool like that that's a, that's an excellent song but has some programmer told you that my demographic likes Panda Bear and this is the one Panda Bear song you picked to go into like yeah. the, the machine?
1: Like Well, they're like, oh, but maybe he hasn't heard that deep cut. So when yeah, you're like, yeah, but, eh.
0: but uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. <laughs> I, I just feel like perhaps the system is broken and A bigger problem for me personally, despite my own personal, just like listening habits and the way I prefer to listen to music, which is to go to a store and buy a physical record and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Boring stuff like that from someone who works in a record store, obviously. Um, uh, and very biased, extremely biased, of course. (laughs) Um, I think a bigger problem, of course, is the um, the uh, uh, lack of payment to musicians. Obviously, I mean yeah, that's a,
1: of course an enormous
0: yeah. issue, which I can't get around. And and to me, it's not honest It's not that artists are paid poorly from streaming because that is that is bad. I don't like that. I don't want artists to be paid poorly because I want them to keep making music. So therefore, they need to be fairly compensated. My problem is that it has become, and by it I mean streaming services, it has become the primary music source for nearly everyone. So it's like the worst possible way for musicians to make money is the main way that everybody listens to music. And Mm -hmm. that's the problem to me. It's not that it exists. It's not that it pays artists poorly. It's that the majority of people... Think that it is the best way to listen to music. And that hurts everyone. It also, this is going to be a a um silly, very specific tangent, but I think it applies writ large. Um, let's see here. Uh recently we had a um uh M. Sage in here talking about albums he loved, and he was talking about how much he loves the album uh, East by Joanna Newsom. If you go look up Joanna Newsom on Spotify right now, the only track, literally one track, was that she contributed to the Muppet Show theme song for <laughs> um, that Muppet movie that Jason Siegel made. I forget the name of it specifically. And that's the only Joanna Newsom represented in all of Spotify. And yeah. And that is, I mean... It this sucks. A bit, it's, a, it's hyperbolic to say, but that's a crime.
1: I... And, recently pulled up peach plum pear on youtube just so i could hear it in my car
0: yeah yeah and it, it and it's i'm i'm just saying that like what's happening is that because a lot of artists obviously it's not just joanna Newsom she's just the first example in my head um because a lot of artists aren't on spotify for a, a wide variety of reasons it then means that the majority of the people in the world are never going to hear them and it's like, Oh no, like please, <laughs> will you please no, go out yeah. of your way to go find a copy of three feet high and rising by de la soul? Cause it, you, you can't listen to it on Spotify, but it's really worth your time and effort, you know, like, and I, I, poof, we've gotten very far from Phaedra. <laughs> we
1: really have. <laughs> I'm just like,
0: dang. But, that, but that, that, that's partially my intention. Like my intention okay. was to talk about Spotify,
1: but related. I thought, okay, he's found this artist on Bandcamp because you buy, you purchase oh, a lot so of music much. on Bandcamp. Like yeah. you were on Bandcamp more than any person I've ever met my entire life. And I I was thinking, he found you found this there. But um that platform for me is one that's just so overloaded with stuff. And I wish yeah. they had a TikTok strong <laughs> TikTok level algorithm because tiktok can read my thoughts i'm pretty sure and i see some i seriously thought the other day when i was making my coffee huh? whatever happened to bulletproof coffee the stuff they put butter (laughs) in i thought that i'm not kidding when i tell you i saw a tiktok video about bulletproof coffee that same day and i was like what the heck what how I I didn't say it out loud. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, the search function isn't even very good on Bandcamp. Like, It's terrible. It's really bad. And that's kind of like the bare minimum that they should have work. And it really doesn't, you know?
1: Yeah. But they are paying artists more. And perhaps that's why they're able to do that. Because they haven't invested in this like more advanced technology that Spotify is able to just like... Well, and also I'm sure so many um, developers want to go work for Spotify.
0: Right. You know, I'm sure more. it pays better than Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah. But, but yeah and, and I do think, honestly, let's say you live your whole life in Bandcamp. That's also negative because there's a lot of artists that aren't on Bandcamp either. I, th- I think what, yeah. I'm, what I, my overall point is that a little bit of everything is good. Because I I, I, I do think the idea of streaming isn't bad. I think the lack of paying artists is very bad, but that's something that should just be resolved. <laughs> like Spotify you know, makes a yeah. lot of money. <laughs> they should I just feel like fix that. It,
1: I, I've, I've had this idea before and perhaps I'm giving away, and maybe, I don't know, probably someone else has thought of this. I'm, I'm no like genius, but uh, it feels like if you've listened to a song more than five times, you would have to buy the MP3 or something.
0: Oh, interesting. That, that that's a good method. I'm, I'm I'm sure there are a lot of theories about how to fix Spotify. I think that's a good one. Um, but
1: I, then again, if you buy an MP3, but you would listen to it more on Spotify, which which means you could potentially listen to it, you know, millions of times over the span of however many years. Yeah, you would be paying more via streaming than like a 99 cent MP3.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I've done the math before, just, just like through record label stuff. Because, because uh-huh. for example, my record label is entirely off Spotify intentionally. I, I have no interest in supporting Spotify with my record label. I would like it to remain entirely separate. Yeah. Um, and one reason I did that, I, I really did crunch the numbers one day. And I'm not going to remember them right now. But no, you you pay an artist more by buying one MP3 really? than you ever like will by Really? Like a 99
1: streaming. cent... Huh. Yeah, because wow.
0: Spotify pays so little that you would have to listen to it literally, literally hundreds and hundreds of times to equal one ninety nine cent paid download.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: And I, I, I honestly, I can look up the math right now, but I'm not going to. Any of no, our listeners can yeah. do it, <laughs> but but <laughs> it's it's um it's really sad. And uh, I, I guess there's good things about it because I discovered Phaedra through them. Via my wife,
1: Phaedra, yeah.
0: But um, gosh, I'm, I'm Phaedra.
1: I'm, well, let me just talk about what the album. How I when I listen to it, give you a quick rundown. Is that sure. okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, that first intro song, it just felt so industrial. Mm-hmm. And then with Ancient Nouveau, and then several tracks after, it's more of a like layered, ethereal electronic moment. It's almost like one song, Sunday, someday track six. I hate to say it, but it reminds me of Ariel pink. And honestly, I love Ariel pink. I just, you know, it just sucks that he's an awful person. Yeah. Um, so I don't like the person. I love the music, but also I'm not streaming him anymore. But this song reminds me of Ariel pink and in a way that I, that I like, you know, right. um, that, that same sort of, um, it almost feels vintage from the the sound of the electronic elements like an, like they're old like an old microphone or just an old amp something you know very has like this analog kind of electronic sound but it's super layered um, one thing that i read it, someone described it as a post apocalyptic hangover
0: huh okay
1: and i don't know why but I was like, that feels right.
0: <laughs> it, it feels ghostly for sure. The um, yeah. uh, the the woman, uh, uh, April Aliermo, I'm sure I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. Um, she has a very ghostly voice, and I dig it. I think I think it's real great, and I think it pairs really well with Daniel Lee's voice. Like 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 he's got more of like a, like aggressive, a little gruff, you know. Uh, I guess if I'm like picturing it, he has kind of like a rock of a voice, and she has kind of like a gauze, almost like a like a fog of a voice. And um, yeah, I, I think they combine well into something special. And uh, yeah, her her ghostly vocals, I could definitely see being the post apocalyptic. Fog (laughs) drifting over the craggy rocks that are Daniel Lee. Yeah. Hmm.
1: yeah. And another, I think is the same person who called it post-apocalyptic hangover music also said it was a kaleidoscopic journey. And I just thought that really makes sense because it had so many elements, so many layers that overlap, but also that, you know, how like a kaleidoscope is like those triangles that sort of overlap usually and makes, you know, makes new designs almost as like different facets of like a gym. And it's almost sharp in my opinion. Like it seems like it's are sharp layers that go over each other at this yeah. music. Um, I, I'm describing visuals for this sound, but I think it makes sense. I would file this album under Fantagram meets Broadcast meets Ariel Pink meets sandy lee
0: yeah yeah i agree well good stuff (laughs) i I think that concludes our talking about uh, (laughs) phaedra Uh, i know most of it was about spotify but that's how book clubs work sometimes sometimes you go off on uh, different subjects but uh yeah golden age by phaedra 2013 it's real good Uh, i also recommend all phaedra but uh there we go Uh, also make sure you check out daniel lee's other band hooded fang very very good Um, We're gonna come back uh, after I take a little tea break, and then uh, we're gonna talk about Two Sunsets by the Pastels and Tennis Coats from 2009. So yes, let's take a break. Cool. We are back. It is the Album of the Month Club, Time of the Month, and uh, myself and Tara are the two participants. I picked Golden Age by Phaedra. Tara, tell us about the album that you picked for this month.
1: Yes, I am so excited to talk about this album. I chose from 2009 the album Two Sunsets. Um, It's a collaboration between The Pastels from Glasgow and Tennis Coats from Japan, The Pastels is a really famous band, like I said, from Glasgow, but they've been around since they started. They formed in 1981 and they've been part of, you know, that whole Britpop, Glasgow music scene, which um, you may know uh, includes or, you know, the whole era, that whole like time I don't know, the scene, the music scene of Glasgow included bands like Primal Scream, Franz Ferdinand, Belle and Sebastian, Mogwai, Teenage Fan Club, Jesus and Mary Chain, Camera Obscura, The Vaselines, Orange Juice. like all these amazing bands have come out of Glasgow and there's probably a lot more that I haven't even listed. But um, yeah, the Pastels have just been around for forever, but they're not the most prolific. So this album is... I think um their first album since uh well their first album in like twelve years after uh their last studio album so and that was in two thousand nine that this came out so it's you know it's been a long time uh, a long time coming Um, but yeah what I have a lot to say (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot to say about just the pastels in general because they are. I feel like, you know, indie pop pioneers. Um, but I would love to hear what you think about this album first.
0: So this was all new to me. I never heard this album before, which is um, very surprising. So far, I think we've done the Album of the Month Club. This is our third Time doing it, and so far, coincidentally, we have always picked albums that the other person has not heard we we it's not our it's not our intention, yeah, it's just what happens and um yeah, I've never heard this album I was really happy to to hear it uh, i I really enjoyed it, I thought it was really great. I have never until this heard of the pastels. This was my first introduction to the pastels in general, however, I had heard tennis coats. Um, because of this really strange album I have, which somehow actually kind of relates back to this, um, I have an album in my collection, which you, you ever like get records and you're like, why do I even have this? Like, where did this come from? And, yes. Oh, uh,
1: I hope it's what I think it is.
0: It's uh, This album is called Raindrops. It's by Jad Fair with Tennis Coats and Norman Blake. It's from 2017. Oh. And uh, this album, uh, Norman Blake, if people don't know, is from Teenage Fan Club, and Norman Blake, more yep. importantly, has worked with the Pastels a lot. Like he's on some of their albums and stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, I, that's and Gene, yeah, uh, actually, which Gene? No, Gerald Love um, was in was in Teenage Fan Club, and at one point was also in the Pastels.
0: Yeah, there's there, there's something very close and incestuous. Gerard, sorry,
1: Gerard Love. Sorry, I said
0: oh. that wrong. Uh, but, but but between those two bands, it seems like they overlap often and a lot, you know? Yeah. And, um, so anyway, so I I have this album probably because I like Jad Fair, uh, Jad Fair, if people don't know, is from half Japanese and, um, I just find Jad Fair very interesting. He's always doing odd things, always really odd collaborations too. I think every Jad Fair album I own, he's collaborating with someone else, whether it's Danielson or, um... Or uh, Daniel Johnston, uh, two very similar sounding but very different artists. Um, let's see here. But yeah, this one, uh, I bought it because it was Jad Fair, and then it just happened to have tennis coats and Norman Blake all over it. And it's wonderful. And that was my introduction to tennis coats. And I thought that was really great. And so now that's, cool. that's also, but that's also the only other place I've heard tennis coats. So it's a very strange coincidence to me that I've heard two albums with tennis coats, both of them are in collaboration with Glasgow artists. And so because of that, I have a very specific kind of image of what tennis coats sounds like in my head, despite the fact that I've never actually heard them on their own. I've only heard them on collaborative albums, both of which uh, being the raindrops one. And now this one, two sunsets that are really great. So I think I really like Tennis Coats, but I don't know because I've only heard them in collaboration. So No,
1: that's a good point. I don't think I've ever actually heard Tennis Coats by themselves either. And I've read that um, they really were like, uh, they sound a lot like the Pastels on this album.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, So so you've heard the Pastels before, correct? I've heard the Pastels,
1: yeah. I've heard the Pastels before, but not... I never heard this album before, and I well before when I first heard it, right? Um, which was not too long ago, actually. I heard it on uh, Tim Burgess's uh, Twitter listening party mm. thing. Have you heard of that? No. What he does is he chooses chooses an album. I think I don't think it's monthly. I think it may have started monthly but then it went to weekly during the pandemic. He does this like listening party on Twitter and there's a hashtag and everything. And sometimes he'll get the, the bands to like tweet along. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was the first time for me hearing this album and I was just like, wow, I love this so much. Right. This is so good. Um, but yeah, I, I had some really interesting things to talk about, uh, with regard to kind of our own music interests, but also, um, the Pastels in, in general. May I so, ask you
0: one question before oh, you- Oh, of course. All right, here, here's my- re- like, I, just, I genuinely don't know, because this is the only Pastels album I've heard. Does this album sound like other Pastels albums?
1: I think there are parts of this album that sound like other Pastels albums. Okay. But cool. I would in general say that it's maybe like softer, gentler.
0: Interesting. I'll, I'll, but I'll definitely- not far off. All right. Uh cuz my on my first listen cuz obviously you can kind of tell mostly vocally when the, when Tennis Coats is singing and when the Pastels are singing. Like like you yeah, would hear sure. either an yeah. accent from Japan Japanese or an or... accent yeah from from uh yeah. from Glasgow. And um Two things that it reminded me of, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, one was Orange Juice. I feel like the dude's voice is very similar to the guy <laughs> from Orange Juice.
1: Well, I have stories about that. Oh too. good.
0: <laughs> and two, uh <laughs> Bell and Sebastian, because I, I definitely yeah. felt some musical Bell and Sebastian vibes coming from them. So yeah. um interesting. Both
1: both Glasgow bands, of course.
0: Exactly. And I wonder how much of that is just their sound. And they're seen having a very specific kind of like co-mingling or yeah. if I'm just like influenced by the I, the fact that I I know. Well, actually, but here's the thing. I, of course, know that Bell and Sebastian is from Glasgow. I don't know if I knew that Orange Juice was, was from Glasgow. So the fact that that reminded me of it. Yeah, Maybe is a bit more telling than other things.
1: Well, I did say it before you said it. So, did you think that before I said that? Or? Correct.
0: When I first okay. listened to it, I thought orange gotcha. juice, and then when you said that orange juice is from Glasgow, I thought, oh, interesting, because that's, that's okay, uh, Boston, Glasgow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what I was curious was like, okay, how did they get involved with the tennis coats? Right. Or tennis coats, not the tennis coats. Right.
0: I'm so sure we I will was, perpetually <laughs> call the pastels just pastels and tennis <laughs> yeah. coats the tennis coats. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was just digging around, you know, and of course, um, if you haven't heard pastels the pastels before. <laughs> I literally just did it. If you haven't heard the pastels before, um, they're kind of like pop, psychedelic pop, chamber pop-ish orchestral instrumentation, um, sweet-sounding music. They were releasing kind of music all over the place with different in different manners. They released um, music on um, this label called Postcards, which was started by this guy named Alan Horn. Well, that record label's first release ever was... Orange Juice's album, Falling and Laughing.
0: Ah.
1: I swear, I promise I'm going to get to a point like through all of this, but, okay, okay. Bear, but bear with me. It's just all very together. interesting. <laughs> yes, I promise. But fun fact, and I did not know this about Orange Juice, that the, the guy, Edwin Collins, was in Orange Juice.
0: Which wait, Who's Edwin Collins?
1: He's like, girl, you'll be a woman soon.
0: Oh, that singer. guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
1: So um, also that that label also released um, records by Aztec Camera and the Go-Betweens, which I just mentioned from my Spotify Discovery Weekly. So that's kind of funny. But they also were very much immersed in this sort of fanzine culture and started to become very um, just like wrapped up in this Britpop fad in Japan And became associated with the musician Cornelius. Okay. So Cornelius, he had a band. Before he was Cornelius, he had a band called Lollipop Sonic, which was very much like indie pop also. And Lollipop Sonic did a cover of the Pastels Heavens Above and... Then changed their name to Flippers Guitar, but anyways, that's kind of like when they became looped together. And Cornelius did a remix of a song, I think, believe uh, from their album, um, that 1997 album, Illumination. So this whole there's this whole Britpop Japan thing happening, and I think that's how they got interlooped. With tennis coats, hmm. um, though I could never really find the true source of that. Uh, but anyways, tennis coats is a Japanese duo, and they're like kind of more folk psychedelic, also indie pop, if you will. But yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like a very interesting storyline for for the pastels, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and then I can actually see the continued storyline into the album that i've heard before that raindrops one because i don't know how tennis coats would meet jad fair but clearly tennis coats met norman blake from teenage fan club through the pastels like obviously that's how that 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 union yeah. was formed so then so then i'm sure jad fair knew norman blake and was like hey Let's make an album together. And he's like, have you heard Tennis Coats? Let's get Tennis Coats in here. They're really great. And they are really great. And I I, yeah. I think the main thing that I'm going to take away from this is that I need to look up Tennis Coats solo to, to know what yeah. they sound like. Because because at least to me, both on this album, uh, which is Two Sunsets, and the one I heard before, Raindrops, they have a very gentle, like, twee kind of sound. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel too saccharine. Like it doesn't feel too like sugary and like, ugh, cringy. It feels like comforting and like sweet and like gentle. It feels very gentle.
1: Sweet, but also sweet, but also maybe gloomy like a rainy Glasgow day or something. Yeah. And that way it's like darker almost, but not too dark. Gloomy, but sweet.
0: Perhaps like um, a nice overcast day, but it's like a good temperature, you know? I yeah. don't know. I mean, yeah. we're, we're getting very metaphorical, but I, I, I suppose it. you have to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can we listen to a couple of songs together?
0: Oh, sure, sure. I'll, I'll tell okay. you my favorites uh, after, okay. you, after you play these.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say um, the the uh, Two Sunsets song was actually like written, I, I believe this one was written by the Tennis Coats singer, And she said it was two sunsets, like one in Japan and one in Glasgow. But anyways, aside from that, let's listen to song for a friend because we get on that song vocals from both singers of both bands. Right.
0: I love that one
1: so much, but... My favorite, I think, from this album is Vivid Youth, mm-hmm. which features uh, Katrina Mitchell. Uh, wrote this song, Vivid Youth, with Gerard Love from Teenage Fan Club. Back in time, fly another one that I really love, and this is another whole just like, Glasgow Connection, again, is that song About You, which is actually a cover, a Jesus and Mary Chain cover. Um, And it's like pretty by-the-numbers cover, but it's so beautiful just because it's not as loud as the Jesus and Mary Chain version. Okay, and then lastly, I just wanted to mention the song Boats um, because one comment that I saw from the band when I was doing the Tim uh, Tim vs. Listening Party was they talked about the boat song. And when he, uh, I think one of the guys from the Pastels wrote this song, he said he pictured um, it taking place uh, by the beach and it's got a lazy feel. Planes on the ground, nothing going anywhere is what he said And so when you hear it and you kind of have that visual It is that sort of lazy, gloomy, foggy day But sweet song, gentle song, like you called it, gentle mm-hmm. such a good word for that But yeah, here we go, boats Boats I love this album. What do you think? For which one's your favorite?
0: Uh, My favorite song was one called, and I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, Hikoki. (laughs) H-I-K-O-K-I. That that, that one... um... Uh, I don't, like I said, I I don't know where the pastels begin and where Tennis Coats ends. Like, I don't know where that merger is. So I'll be very curious because that one was my favorite sound on the album. And it's weird because some of the titles you could tell were clearly like, the titles were collaborations. Like they would talk specifically about like, dualities between like sunsets or hey Glasgow and Japan or you know there would be very very clear in it and then some titles like this one are in Japanese so my assumption is like oh is this like a more of a tennis coat song because it's in Japanese but then the the guy from the pastels he sang in Japanese during a couple of moments on this album so perhaps I can't even jump to that conclusion I don't know
1: he said he wishes he could erase his voice. <laughs> that's what I, he said on the Twitter feed when I was listening. And I just thought it was so endearing and sweet and cute. Yeah. But
0: no, no, I mean, I mean, it's I, a
1: great song.
0: I, I understand that in like uh, artistic collaboration where you like what your artistic collaborator is doing so much that you almost want to take yourself out of it. Like, I understand that instinct. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I dig it. <laughs> Yeah, I I think yeah. So I think the main thing I need to do now, which I'm definitely going to do, is look up tennis coats on their own and look up the pastels on their own, and like just kind of like see what they sound like individually. Because clearly, Mm -hmm. I like them together. This is a really wonderful album. Uh, So yeah, what's 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 next for my my discovery? You know, (laughs) just keep keep digging. Yeah,
1: I want to dig up that Cornelius remix. I haven't heard it yet.
0: Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah.
1: And then I also just wanted to call out, I don't think I said this earlier, but Tim Burgess uh, was in that band, The Charlatans. Okay. Everyone should listen to Tim Burgess's Twitter listening party.
0: Huh. It sounds like a good idea. I dig it. Here, Here's the thing I hate, though. This is going to sound silly, but see, I'm not really an internet fan. Like, I don't like most aspects of the internet.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I wouldn't want other people giving their opinions. <laughs>
1: but it's you can ignore the other tweets and just focus on cuz like i said um sometimes the band members are actually tweeting and See, you can like get that. these stories that, of that how part's they recorded tons of fun
0: and i also yeah. love the idea of like um hey i'm going to pick something for you to listen to i mean it's very similar to what we're doing right now which is the album of the yeah. month club I, I like that because you, you have someone me whose too. taste you trust. Like I trust your taste and it's like, Oh, whatever they give me, it's going to be great. Like, like that's, that's a great way to discover something new. Yeah, But yeah, I guess I'd, I just have to figure a way to like weed out all and the random opinions. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like for me, I like that it kind of forces me to listen to the entire album along with other people rather than just being, like, I'm just going to play, you know, a couple, like I'll just preview an album, but I won't fully listen to it sometimes. Mm it kind of forces you to sit down and and consume the music yeah. as you should if it was like a vinyl record playing you know right maybe
0: no i i'm i'm all for that i'm i'm a big believer in the album experience so yeah no no i agree i'm i'm definitely going to check this out and also yeah. um yeah i'm, I'm going to dig through more tennis coats and more more from the cool. pastels this, this will be fun
1: Sweet, yeah. Thanks for suffering through my Glasgow music history lesson.
0: <laughs> no, that, I take it that was
1: like very incomplete. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, um, anything else we want to say about either of these albums before we get to our employee recommendation shelf?
1: Um. Actually, I will say that I think Kurt Cobain had quite an obsession with the Vaseline's and the Pastels
0: see that's funny i've heard he also really dug teenage fan club so that's interesting huh super cool yeah that is well for now (laughs) let's go uh put these records back and go find something i know neither of us have picked what we're going to put on the employee recommendation shelf yet tonight so we're gonna have to make we're gonna have to make it up (laughs) so let's let's take a split and uh, we'll be right back Okay, last thing we got to do before we close up for the night is we have to go and restock the employee recommendation shelf. Um, let's see, you want me to go first or do you want to go first, Tara?
1: Um, you can go first.
0: This is just the most recent album that I purchased. And... Um, if you'll remember Tara, not too long ago, um, M. Sage was in the record store. Uh, wonderful day. I really enjoy talking to M. Sage. I think he's a he's wonderful great. musician. And he had a really great um, uh, well of knowledge. Because I, I didn't know that he was a professor uh, in cinema in, in Chicago. I didn't know that. So that added this whole other layer onto his knowledge base yeah. for discussing music documentaries. I so, didn't
1: know that either till till we were hanging out with him.
0: It was it was fantastic. I love that conversation. Yeah. And um so in that we were discussing um the documentary series by Ken Burns called Country Music. And uh, I did it. I um, After that, and based on his recommendation, I went out and I purchased both of Ken Burns' documentary series about music. One is called Country Music, that's the newer one, and one is called Jazz, that's the older one. And so I've been working my way through them. Obviously, they're each like, oh gosh, I don't know, twenty to 10 to 20 hours long each, something like that. And the Country Music one, um, I'm learning so much because wow. I really – do love like roots country. And I really kind of dislike where it ended up in the nineties. Like when I was growing up, like that kind of like, I don't want to put anything down, but the kind of like the achy breaky heart version of country music. (laughs) When that kicked in, when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, do I hate country? You know, because (laughs) I, I dislike this very specific current vibe. Does that mean I hate this genre? Obviously, I was a kid. I grew up and I learned that there's lots of sounds out there and lots of everything. But like Roots Country is what I've always enjoyed. Folks like Loretta Lynn, folks like Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, etc. And so I've also always just kind of been lacking because I just don't know enough. So watching this Ken Burns documentary about country music, I've really... Gone through chronologically from the very, very beginning and just kind of like, just been taking notes. Like whenever I come across someone and I hear something that I really enjoy, I just write it down and, 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 and just pick up some album of theirs. And to me being such a person who loves the album, the album, the album, like the album is everything, forget singles, you know, forget playlists. The album is everything. It's amazing to listen to these artists pre the popularity of the album format where there is no album. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they, they were selling 45s, they were selling 78s, but there was no LP because the LP hadn't become like a mainstream delivery system yet. So yeah. it doesn't exist. The only thing you can buy from them is collections of songs, you know? Um
1: Yeah, they're like, we just cut this song and... Uh. Sun Record Studio, Memphis, Tennessee. I don't know. That would have probably been more like a blues song, not a country song, but still. You well, that, that,
0: that's at least where uh, Johnny Cash started, as well as oh, uh, yeah, Elvis true. Presley, if you that's, want to call him country. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a little mix of everything. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the artists that I came across while watching this documentary that I really enjoyed and I'd never heard of before, uh, just pure ignorance. I had just never heard of him. Um, his name is Jimmy Rogers. And he's basically the first country star. Like, he he is alpha. He is the, the beginning of everything. And um, I found this album on Amazon that I really enjoyed. Uh, it's just called Recordings 1927 through 1933. That's how, like, generic the title is. And it looks like a real bargain basement, like, budget pack CD. But it's fantastic. It's literally just... His entire recorded discography of every single he ever released, uh four Wait. discs long. And yeah, Jimmy Rogers recordings nineteen twenty-seven huh. through nineteen thirty-three. Here's a little taste. He's in the jailhouse now. Adioli. Adioli. And he has a couple of songs that I've heard of. Um, Like he has this one song about tuberculosis. I think he calls it like the TB blues or the tuberculosis blues or something like that. I had heard that song before, but that might be about it. There wasn't much that I had heard. And um, it's mostly just interesting to hear, like, at least according to Ken Burns, and I'm sure other historians too, like the bedrock beginning of country music. You know, where it's it's like, here it is. This these recordings, Jimmy Rogers, you listen to these four discs, that's the start. And yeah. um, I'm a total noob to this. You know, my knowledge in country is not as thorough as I, as, as I want it to be, which is why I'm watching these uh, hours and hours of Ken Burns documentaries. <laughs> but um, but at least to, to me, and, and right now, uh, this Jimmy Rogers guy, he's pretty all right. Don't know much about him, but I've listened yeah. to him a lot these days.
1: That's interesting. I would, I'd love to, I should watch that just because I feel like growing up in Tennessee and having a a grandfather who was super into bluegrass and um, kind of always just loving music too. I've always had an interest in country music, you know, no matter what kind, I've always tried to get into a lot of that. But I'm curious where Jimmy Rogers lines up with like the Leuven brothers even.
0: Yeah. Um, at least according to Ken Burns, again, I'm going to have to use him as my resource Uh because I have no, no, no actual knowledge of my own yet. I haven't even finished it. I'm only halfway done with the the Ken Burns series. I, I believe I've made it up to like, like the Brenda Lee Patsy Cline era. I think chronologically Patsy Cline just died. So I'm like halfway through the series. Um, the Leuven brothers came not too long after, but it was when vocals were being more heavily kind of leaned on the rather yodel. than like simple instrumentation. I, I I, I, think, I, I, yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like the Leuven brothers did, they did that similar sort of like country yodel style. Right. But I think something that they really, Added to that, man, we are getting so off, <laughs> but it's still very interesting. Uh, what they did, I think, is that they added this whole other layer of just like harmonies.
0: Well, the main thing I've heard about the Leuven brothers is blood harmony. That's the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because they are related, their harmonies can be much more exacting and kind of like complementary because, um, they are relatives and it's just that those close harmonies are a thing. And perhaps they are more um, influenced by someone like the Carter family, who is a contemporary of Jimmy Rogers, um, where it's the same thing where it's relatives Mm. singing harmonies. And uh, anyway, like like I said, I don't know enough about this. I'm learning (laughs) as we speak. Yeah.
1: It's very interesting.
0: Yeah. I love it. Uh, How about you? Uh, What are you, what are you going to throw up on the wall?
1: I have something very exciting to share. Mm -hmm. Um, over the pandemic, started a band with some pals oh. and we recorded a cover song of New Order's Bizarre Love Triangle. So that's my recommendation for today.
0: Nice. Well, I mean, we got to play a little bit of it, right?
1: Yeah, let's play a little bit of it. But also I should, I should uh, say the band member names. Members of the band are James Abercrombie. Brett Miotti, Matthew Ralph, who is, um, you know, our friends in the Discord channel yeah, yeah. Uh, for the record store. We are always talking talking about music there. And then I am on vocals. So we here's our cover, Bizarre Love Triangle. It's very uh, Shoegaze take on the New Order song.
0: That's fantastic. I'm very excited.
1: But I'm so excited about it and um, yeah, excited to see where it goes and I think we're going to be working on some originals. So
0: That is fucking killer. I'm 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 excited to see where this goes. Uh Neutral Palette is the name of the yep. band. Yep. Have you said and that yet? You can yet? find
1: us Yeah, Neutral Palette. I did say it. Okay. And you <laughs> can find us you can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, iTunes. Maybe Deezer, like there's, uh, we're everywhere. Probably we're on TikTok even, so (laughs) you know, make some TikToks with our song and make us go viral or something. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. No, I, I mean, the only thing better than listening to music is making music. So that's that's the coolest thing in the world.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun.
0: Nice. I'm excited. Are, are are you going to? Um, I know you've been taking uh, guitar lessons also during the pandemic. Are you going to oh, contribute yeah. some guitar playing?
1: I would love to. I don't feel very confident, but I think
0: you've also because yeah. is, is James your main guitarist?
1: Ja- Actually, James and Matt are both guitarists. Brett gotcha. is bassist, but um, yeah, it's been a really nice sort of group effort. I take it.
0: I take yeah. it a lot. I can't oh, wait and to guess who hmm.
1: Guess where our drummer is? Who? Tom Bruno.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> very cool man it's, yeah. it, it's real who's who of uh, people who come and shop in this record store that's awesome it
1: really is yeah it
0: really is fantastic <laughs> cool well yeah. good stuff everyone well um hey thanks for stopping by the store today y'all are the greatest um but we gotta close up uh goodbye you're wonderful but we're officially closed happy trails everyone until we meet again
1: record store society is hosted by tara davies and seth nicholas johnson if you'd like to contact the show you can send an email to record store society at iheartmedia.com or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at record store society